Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure. Take the adventure with us. With us. With us. With us. And welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. We are here today to talk about COVID-19, America, what it's like, what we're all experiencing with our just plain old average American citizens here, George and Bernadette. Hi, guys. Howdy. So if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourselves, saying a little bit about yourselves, ladies first, Bernadette, if you would, um, just kind of tell us a little something of yourself, and then we'll start talking about what we're all experiencing. Um, yep, still here. <laughs> well, where are, you, where are you from? Where are you from, Bernadette? I, I live in the South Bay, grew up in Long Beach. Are you Beach. a native, native Angelino? Okay, uh, native Californian. Yeah, grew up in Long Beach, so. Okay, and how are you, or how are you faring thus far in the COVID quarantine? Um, so far staying healthy. Um, staying safe, um, staying indoors most of the time, actually. Um, but, you know, have some general concerns with the state of the economy, just like mm -hmm. I'm sure a majority of people do. So, okay. So quickly then, George, how are you? I'm doing great, actually. Um, where are you from? Where do you live? I am actually also from the South Bay, uh, raised in Carson. Okay. Oh, all right then. Looks like we might actually be neighbors, Bernadette, if you're still out here. Yeah, that's funny. What are the that is pretty. That's pretty wild, actually. Okay. What well, are good. the chances? We're, well, we're all in the same general vicinity, although um, I'm kind of pretending I'm inhabiting my own planet here. So, George, how are you, how are you faring in the quarantine? You know, it's been kind of interesting for me. Um, I'm actually part of um, the workforce that never really slowed down. I work in a warehouse for a delivery service. Mm -hmm. and We've been doing nothing but booming. Uh, can, I, can I ask you, or I could, or may I ask you what kind of deliveries you do? Oh, uh, I work in the uh, cannabis um, industry. Aha! You're one of those. I am. So... That has not slowed down. That has not slowed down at all. It is not. In fact, it's only gotten more busy for us. And why do you think that is? Uh, from my understanding is it's, it's kind of like with any of the vices. This is alcohol that also uh, kind of fits in the same uh, boat here. But, you know, in good times, people want to celebrate. So they'll still buy more um, uh, things that are recreational and leisurely. And then in bad times, well, you know, you need to spend a lot of, uh, you're looking for a way to kind of get your mind off of it. So people will also smoke and drink during those, uh, those time periods. Uh, can... Even though it's probably not the best, the smoking is probably not the best thing to do, well, generally, but especially during COVID-19. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the smoking, but you can also go edibles. There's uh, tablinguals or things that can actually uh, dissolve underneath your tongue. So it's a lot more different now in the industry now that uh, that we've uh, gotten more into the uh, the legal uh, aspect mm -hmm. of things, and there's a lot more control over the products that are out here too, and um, many different varied uh, ways to partake. 
Is there a pattern of the kind of people? I mean, is it just a wide variety of people who you're delivering to? Or oh, yeah. is it mostly young? Is it mostly affluent? What's the what's the demographic? Uh, you know what? Uh, for the most part, it's just uh, your average uh, Californian. Uh, mm-hmm. We we have anybody from the legal ages of 21 all the way up to you know senior citizens who are using it for medicine. Okay. Uh, we have many veterans actually uh, who are using it uh, to. You know, um, allow them to sleep, allow them to kind of like go about their everyday uh, sort of things. And then you just have your normal recreations where people right before dinner, right after, just kind of hanging out with friends. Interesting. What's the oldest person you've delivered to? Oh, I'm pretty sure we've got personally maybe in their 50s, late 50s. Okay, so not you're not like you're not delivering to the Golden Girls. No, not me, not me personally. Okay. Now, how about you, Bernadette? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've uh, been trying to find alternative uh, ways to find a, to make a living, actually. Um, so what, what normally yeah, would you be doing? Well, I, I do consulting work normally, doing outsourcing transactions, um, uh, advisory services, and um, a lot of the projects have, have pretty much stopped at this mm-hmm. point, or at least put on hold and on hold could be indefinitely. Right. So what have they said to you? Have they said like, okay, were there any projects you started and they were like, Hey, this is on hold or is it just, they just vanished? Like how did it play out for you? Um, it pretty much just vanished. I mean, we were pursuing a couple of potential projects and then pretty much, you know, the potential clients just kind of put things on, you know, an abrupt break. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so just trying to find other other ways here and there to, you know, uh, make this make it through this. Now, we know there's at least three months in Los Angeles that will be in lockdown. That worry you economically more? Do you think that if the rest of the world opens up, it's not as much of a problem for you? Because I imagine your work is stuff you would do from home anyway, right? Right. It, it's work that can be done remotely for sure, but it's a matter of the appetite to actually, you know, engage in new projects, right? Um mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, because most of our, our clients uh, were more in the entertainment industry. Okay. So if you look at, you know, what some of the major studios are doing, um, as, aside from uh, things that can be streamed online, like, uh, you know, your Disney Plus and your Netflixes, um, a lot of those, the other aspects of the entertainment business is kind of slowed down because they're not quite sure how to move forward. It's interesting to look at entertainment because things like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, this is like the perfect golden time for them. Now, the kind of stuff they're releasing, I could I could quarrel with a little bit, quibble with, I should say, a little bit. But um, it seems like that would be perfect for them. But obviously, they have to produce and create it. So being able to get that ready to go would be pretty hard for those places. So are you hearing anything like they, are they thinking, okay, we're going to try to come up with workarounds or what do you know? I mean, not much at this point. I mean, what, what we know of are, you know, we had some contacts that that are more engaged with parks and resorts. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are pretty much at a standstill at this point. Uh, Same with, you know, I have um, a former coworker of mine who, um, was, you know, related, um, kind of more into like live concerts, mm-hmm. that, that line of entertainment. And that's been, I mean, a number of them have been furloughed. So 
you know, basically any any type of industry that requires people to gather, that's going to be difficult to just restart. On the topic of uh, venues, um, I, I I I know the uh, the wedding industry uh, took a massive hit. My my sister was actually supposed to uh, get married uh, this summer, but they've canceled all the venues and all the people she was working with also lose their jobs too. Oh, yeah. God. So essentially anything that requires people to gather, right? Um, I'm sure funerals, weddings, concerts, um, you know, your amusement parks, that's going to be tricky to just restart and say, well, open. Although, uh-huh. although, I mean, supposedly I think uh, they have started to open up, I think like Shanghai Disney but it's got some major, you know, major new, I guess, rules and guidelines around it. Matt, you know, well, everyone must know. China yeah, would be a whole other ball of wax, right? I right. mean, that's, they're well, going to do things yeah. a little bit different. Yes and no. I mean, you know, a mask is a mask. I mean, the virus is is as contagious here as it is there. So. No, I'm, I'm just thinking it's just in terms of how, I mean, because – this is a whole other topic, but how governments will respond and what they're able, how they're able to respond, depending on the form of government. But I mean, what, what I was actually thinking as you guys were talking is like, you know, funerals and weddings, people are going to die and people are going to get married. That's not going to stop how they how you bury people and how you marry people. That's changed over time. What I think is interesting is stuff like live venues, like amusement parks and concerts and sporting events. I mean, I'm a big sports fan, and I think I was saying to you, Bernadette, I, I don't know that I am going to be rushing back to sporting events once things open up. I mean, how how do you guys feel about that? Are you going to be ready to roll once they say, okay, this is the – we're open, we're back for business, we're going to be having Lakers and Rams games and Dodgers games are coming up, you know, all that kind of stuff. Will you guys be comfortable? Will you be gun-shy? What's going to be your feeling about live events? I think it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of seating arrangements you would get. Are you going to seat people two seats apart from each other? How are the lines going to work? Well, it's dollars there too, right? Because if you don't give all the seats, you know, pack them in like sardines, you make more money. Split them up and you make less. So, And then when you have to go to concession stands, um, I, well, personally, I've seen a lot of my friends. Um, they're big on the raves and uh, 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 was like um, electronic carnival types, and they've actually trans. Uh, they've gone online. Many um, DJs have created their own um, virtual um, concerts, and it's a big thing that's actually happening in the virtual reality um, community as well. So in VR, they're doing virtual concerts. You have your own avatar. You're in the virtual space and the music is going on, etc. Mm-hmm. Do Have you done it? Do you enjoy it? Is VR a good replacement in the short term for this experience? In the short term, um, I think it's a very interesting uh, time of experiment. I know um, a few uh, different organizations are, uh, are, are trying to come together. A lot of artists are also losing out in the revenue. So what they've been coming to do is they've been uh, creating collaborations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, between um, like you can go into uh, yoga rooms and people can actually do their yoga and meditations, virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of DJs and artists for sure. Uh, and then just 
normal debates and discussions is what I've been finding on like a, a lot of these virtual chat rooms. Let me ask you more though. I mean, but how do you feel? I mean, in other words, I'm just for the listener, both George and I, we've done VR together. We've shot VR together. So we're VR aficionados and creators. But how do you feel in the experience of being in the VR space? Does it satisfy what you want to experience in terms of your real interaction? Instead of going to uh, a club or an event, or instead of going to a yoga space, or instead of going to any number of locations, you're now going to do it in a virtual realm. Does that did you find that that works for you? Um, the way it is now, I probably do need a little bit more interaction. Um, it's it, There's a big difference between actually being in a room full of people and being in a room by yourself, but having this uh, the sensations and the simulations of being in a room full of people. It's uh, it's super weird because, you know, you, you want to reach out, you want to have uh, contact and that's not possible. But everything's done in a visual and in in, in audio sense. Um, for me personally, I think it's, it's very interesting and I'm, um, I'm super excited, uh, for what would be coming in the very, uh, in the, in the future. So you can talk to people, but you can't obviously touch them. We don't have that kind of sensory thing, but you are, is there interaction? Is there people conversation talking, all that kind of stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And you can actually mute, uh, people. You can, uh, uh play around with the, your surrounding audio. <laughs> Anything in a chat room, you know, you can actually do to people uh, the same thing. Just click on their avatars and like, okay, you know, I don't want to listen to you. I want, I'm going to put you on my ignore list. And then wow, that's that's funny. Okay, now Bernadette, in a non VR sense, I mean, are you? How would you feel about going to? You know, we've gone to a Dodgers game together. Will, Will you be lined up to going to go to a Dodgers game as soon as things open up? You're talking about in real life. In yeah, in real life. life. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine the Dodgers will even quite get there with a virtual experience, but who knows? But no, in real life, let's say, you know, the things open up, As even it, if they have a vaccine or whatever, you know? Well, I mean, in, in the real world, I mean, how would you, would you be gun shy at all about going back into being in large groups once we are, once we get the okay for that? Um, without a vaccine? No. <laughs> That's Wait, not, no, you won't go without a vaccine. You won't go, uh, no matter what. Okay. It it's not. I mean, it. I guess it would have to depend on what kind of event it is. If I really thought it was worth that risk, um, and until we really know more about you know how the virus behaves, and, and I, no, I mean, they can say open it up next week, and I'd be like, have fun with that. Okay. So, uh, well, we go to the same parish. I mean, obviously, if the churches were opened up, I mean, it's the same issue, the spacing. Would you feel comfortable without a vaccine now? We don't have vaccine. Let's say we're not having a vaccine. They open up and say people can go and worship, but we're going to seat people 10 feet apart, you know, all that stuff. Would you Would you feel comfortable going? I still wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, unless there's a vaccine and unless there's... I guess Some how remedy. you know. I mean, how how far apart can you actually somewhat assure everyone's distance? You know, um, it, yeah, the pews don't give you a lot of space. Yeah. Well, I mean, for assigned seating, I suppose in theory you can, right? You could, you know, block sure. off seats and what have you. But something like that's more general seating, so to speak, uh, general admission, that's going to be tricky. I, I mean, and that's in the other in those. Venues, aren't they? Pardon? What's that? 
circulating the same air in those venues. We're all breathing the same air in those, like in, in a church. Yeah. 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 Unless, unless you have the doors open. Now, let's say, now let's, for both of you, you know, we get the desired vaccine occurs and, you know, everybody gets it. Are you going to still feel a little gun shy going to large crowded events? Because I think for me, I think, okay, you don't know when the next thing is occurring. You don't know what's out there. It's just, it makes you a little bit more aware of the kind of dangers of these large crowd, crowded events. Will you guys feel it all? Do it all have a kind of a second thoughts about it or just like, hey, once there's a vaccine, I'm good to go? I mean, once, one for me, once there's a vac, once I've gotten the vaccine, that's been scientifically proven to be safe and effective. So we're not talking anytime <laughs> soon, right? I have to put my caveats in there. Um, so you're going to have to, you're going to wait, Bernadette, you're not just going to jump in and take the vaccine as soon as it's available. You're going to wait to see how it all plays out. I'm going to, I'm going to give it some time. Cause uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I, we don't know the effects of what, they're going to, you know, first come up with, right? So, I mean, it mm-hmm. took them some time to come up with a measles vaccine. My understanding is that took about four years. You mm-hmm. can you can speed up some of the processes, but other things you still have to, you know, to kind of test it out and be able to study its effects over some period of time before you can say, yeah, this is, you know, safe on 98% of the time or something. Um but I think you yeah. were concerned about a horn growing in your head by accident. So you, you don't fact. know. I mean, what okay. you don't know if you're just going to end up with some other kind of like organ failure. But hey, you're good against COVID. <laughs> Sometimes you got to roll the dice, Bernadette. Sometimes you just got to roll Fair the enough. dice. And, and I think that's an individual choice. <laughs> what about you, George? Personally, I don't think I would be too worried about going into crowds. I'm, I'm relatively young. Um, I haven't been sick yet. And I've been exposed to many different drivers at work mm-hmm. in my warehouse. If you know, Are you wearing a mask and gloves, though? Yes, we are wearing masks. We are wearing gloves. We are spraying everything down. We've probably gone through so many <laughs> procedures just to make our business viable for, uh, for these times as possible. Um, but... You know, like if the vaccine comes around, it'll, it'll be great. But I'd be more concerned about, you know, um, uh, I, I actually have a lot of uh, friends and relatives who are uh, at risk. So it would be I, I don't have no problem going out uh, and, and into those uh, those groups. But coming back home, maybe like visiting my friends, I would definitely still keep uh, my distance from them, you know, uh, people that still at risk are still going to be at risk, whether or not you have the vaccine. Well, and it's interesting too. I mean, even youth doesn't necessarily guarantee that you'll be safe from different things. They're finding different effects of it. So it'll be interesting in that sense, but you feel that you'd be comfortable just as soon as it opens up, things will go back to normal. Do you think others, do you, how do you think our culture is going to respond? Is it, are we going to have a different way of interacting? I mean, is the handshake going to disappear? Is the hug going to disappear? It's actually kind of weird when you watch TV and you're watching, you, you see people hug or hang out in large groups and you're like, that's, that's insane. Now that you think about it, you look at old shows, there's the world before COVID and the world after COVID. But I mean, you know, I think about, I love sci-fi and I think about time travel a lot. And I realized that if you were to write a story about time travel, anything post-COVID, you traveling back in time could potentially infect large numbers of people, any kind of 
thing like that, like a virus. So it makes you just think about viruses generally and when they've existed. And we know that happened in North America when European Europeans ventured here and just really decimated the native population with disease. And that apparently happened in old Europe with the Indo-European, you know, invaders. They they brought some diseases with them. So are you a handshake guy? Are you a hugger? You know, I, I'm I, I was more of the uh the uh, the dabbing or um the um what is it? Uh, fist bump? Fist bumping. Fist bump? yeah. But uh, we we've gotten used to uh, touching shoes now uh, in terms of like saying hi, you know. So is I'm that talking. is that a thing? You got to touch heels or touch toes? Yeah, we we do that uh, amongst my friends, and uh, just gonna say that say hi. It's it's cute. Interesting. What about you, Bernadette? I mean, I know in mass the whole thing is you you hug or you shake hands and peace be with you. And how how will you feel about that in the future? It's an it's a spiritual question, of course. I, I mean, uh, in the near term, I would say I'm good with the shaka. The the what? The shaka. Which is? It's it's what I guess people on the mainland would consider the hang loose sign. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna do that in mass, like when the when he says peace be with you, you're gonna just kind of like wag your fingers and say hang hang loose to the guy next to you. Please peace. Yeah, do the peace sign. Something. Yeah. So, uh, and after the vaccine, you'll go back to shaking hands or, you know, yeah, still do the peace sign? I probably, yeah, I probably would. Um, but um, to George's point, you know, I, I have family members who are at the at risk age category and then who, um, or are immunocompromised. So I would still be pretty vigilant washing my hands. Well, you know, full disclosure, you're always vigilant in cleaning your hands. So. True. This, this, is, this is kind of my general practice even before this whole pandemic thing. But not to, not to the same OCD level, though. Well, it's, it's funny because I, I would always think about, like, you know, when this went down, it's like you would always bring sanitizer, hand sanitizer with you to I've mass. Had, yeah. I've always had hand sanitizer with me for years, but it wasn't – it was never – it was usually – you know, after there's been like hand sh- extensive handshaking or right before I, I'm about to grab a bite to eat or something. But it wasn't every 30 minutes or every hour where it's on my mind, did I touch, did I touch that doorknob? You know what I mean? Oh my. So are you going to, will you be a mask wearer in the future? Will you just to prove, just to be you know, aware of maybe any future pandemics coming? Are you going to have a mask wear, you know, part of your you say in the future, like how, how what? I guess. Oh, I'm going to be, just so you know, I'll be wearing a bodysuit going forward. After, even after a vaccine, I'm going to come out in hazmat suits. So that's the, you've seen the last of me. Even after this, there's still always going to be waves of stuff that happen. And you see in different parts of the world. I know in Asia, like you'd see the mask a lot because there were so many pandemics that swept through. So it's kind of a good preventative measure that now makes sense. Now that we know in America, we've seen this kind of stuff, but it seemed a little odd in the past, but it makes perfect sense now. Do we see our fellow Americans maybe doing that kind of cultural shift where there's a lot more preventative measures being taken, even after virus has been solved, vaccines are there, all that kind of stuff? I think you'll definitely see more people wearing masks on a regular basis. Um if anything, the COVID virus did um, open our eyes um, to uh, something that mankind has been plagued by. Um, I mean, 
pun intended, um, since yeah. time, you know, you're just, just mentioning it. it. It's not the first time we've come across an epidemic. Oh no. Before. This is just the most modern time. And if anything, it's more interesting because it's a global, um, experience that we're all experiencing mm-hmm. in, uh, all around the world. The Black Plague certainly went through Europe and into Asia because there's some notion that it might have even traveled through the Silk Road. And then the Spanish flu was global. This is truly global. I mean, everywhere, because we're so interconnected now, the world's always been interconnected, but all parts of the world were not necessarily connected. So right. Europe and I mean, Asia and Africa that, were much more. Uh-huh. I mean more that in the uh, the ability to communicate in real time with somebody you know, across the world and seeing... How they right. are. My mother's actually out in the Philippines right now, and she lives out in one of those uh, rural villages. And they've locked down um, all the passes in and out of the village. It's basically yes. a lot out there. So that's throughout the country. Uh, in on that particular island where my mother is. Okay. Interesting. Well, what do we think of how lockdowns been handled in America? Too much? Time to open things up? What's your thoughts? Bernadette, what do you think? Should we open things up? Well, when you say too much, I, I mean, in, in relation I mean, are you going to go protesting? I guess my question is when you say, when people say too much, in comparison to what? Because my understanding is the way it went down in the Philippines with Duterte, it was pretty strict. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Around Manila. Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard, heard stories about it, right? So what we've had. I mean, we were still, we haven't had any curfews as far as I'm concerned, as I know, you know, I mean, that's point one. So how, how tight has it really been? Um, I think it. Well, there are some, some people would say way too tight that we need to open things up. I mean, we see it all over the country, right? Well, no, 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 we'll Uh take that back. Uh Because I know this, this, this is Bernadette's red line. So I'm going there. All right. Because, you know, whereas you might see a lot of images that are like blasted through cable news and it may look like it's widespread throughout the country, the majority of the population, about 75, 80 percent, are still in favor of some form of stay at home order. And where did we see that poll? Who who took that poll? God, you want me to start quoting? I think it was. No, a I'm, 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 but, I'm so, a little bit. But, I mean, I no, will, I get, I'll get point it, to the it. source later, but I mean, no, it's, I it, it's I basically it. like. Let you know, twenty percent or less. They're just uh, who are protesting, and they're act, unfortunately just loud. So that's really, I mean, just because they're loud doesn't mean they 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 represent the majority. Oh, I, I, I agree. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, George. I do think, uh, along with those lines, I think there is a rising tide of anxiety. Um, you know, we were ta- we touched upon it earlier, um, but a lot of people are unemployed right now, and they're not able to make an income, and they're they may be amongst those who um, are healthy and they're, they're eager to go back to the workforce. I understand that completely. And I feel oh. as well. Yeah, no, I understand the economic anxiety. I do. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not discounting it or minimizing it at, or minimizing it at all. Um, but I think there's a different what what Sean was trying to get at is how tight I I thought the question was how tight has the lockdown really been given that we're seeing responses 
of people and politicians saying it's no different than the flu, this is overblown, et cetera, et cetera. It's time to get economies moving. It's worse to keep people locked in than let it open up. I just wanted to throw it out to you guys. Now, granted, you're both Angelinos. We're living in a very different kind of state, so the sensibilities are different, but you never know. You might have a different take on it. I think the politicians are reacting mostly from that economic anxiety. I don't know how many of them are actually like sweating it in terms of feeling whether or not they they're exposed to this uh, to this virus or if they have any actual fear uh, for themselves or their families that they can definitely afford it. Um, in that sense, in terms of what they've done here in terms of the lockdown, I don't think they've been I don't think they've done enough. You know, we're still, walking okay. we're still walking around and uh, restaurants, I miss restaurants, but like uh, grocery stores, they become much more strict in terms of how people are spacing and they've been mm-hmm. doing it themselves. And I kind of like how they've been doing it. Well, what more do you think should be done? I mean, for example, I see people who aren't wearing masks and gloves and I, I kind of look at them and I think, I don't know what your deal is. It's not exactly like they're like they're super young and fit. I mean, I'm seeing all ages of people not wearing masks and gloves outside. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see people more vigilant, but I don't know that need government to make them such. But what do you think government could be doing more? I mean, it's really hard to say, you know, because like we're we're Americans, we're born in the land of the free, anything like. Uh, curfews or um, patrols where they're stopping us for not wearing our masks or uh, uh, gathering together in, 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 in groups more than like a handful. Uh, I think we're just going to have a lot of cultural resistance against that in general, uh, just because we're Americans and, you know, right. as this, this virtue. What about you, Bernadette? What do you think? Is it, have, have we done enough? Should we do more? What's, you know, just thinking about, Los Angeles and California. No, I, I mean, I agree with what George said it, um, in terms of, you know, the, uh, as a general cultural resistance. Yeah, it, that you can't, it's going to be hard to mandate um, masking and having and, and have people patrolling streets, ensuring that it's enforced, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, when I see, when I'm, out, you know, outside and I see someone without a mask, I just walk the hell away from that person. <laughs> so but that's how I, that's how I approach it. I just kind of look at them like, okay, I need, don't need to be anywhere near that. So. Do you go out a lot? Are you, are you going out for walks a lot? Or are you going out to catch a breath of fresh air? Are you hanging out at the gym? No, the gyms are closed, but I mean, what are you doing? Are you, or how often do you get out? Probably a couple of times a week, maybe mm-hmm. at most. Um, is that just to the store or is that going out to just get a good walk? It depends. If I'm going to go to the store, I late after I come home, deal with the groceries and I'll go for a walk because I want to use the same mask for that one day. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. No, but I, yeah, I, I, no, I, do the, no I do the exact same thing. I do the same thing. the mask use, man. Yeah. No, I do the same thing. It's like if I'm going to go, if I have to dump garbage because I even treat my walking a few feet to the, you know, uh, to the dumpster the same way. It's like, if I'm doing that, that's the same day I'm doing my walk. I'm doing like, whatever, I'm trying to get it all in at one time. But so you're, so you, so how often do you exercise outside? About once a week. 
I've, I've kind of taken to walking around my neighborhood late at night because nobody's out. So I just live in an area where there just isn't a lot of traffic. So I've actually gone out a lot more just in the evening, but with my mask and gloves. Yeah. What about you, George? Uh, I miss going out. Honestly, I miss the hikes. I miss the beach. The weather looks beautiful. If you go outside, you want to be out there. It's a California, it's a California day. The, the, the wind is perfect. The sun is perfect. It's really hard not to just go out. Yeah. Do you live in a place where you can, like I said, my neighborhood is a very empty at night. So I feel like it's safe to walk when there's no one around, but, um, and I'm not far from the ocean, but what do you like? Do you have a place where you can walk out if you wanted to, or is it very crowded? Normally I would have gone to the beach. Long beach is a great place. Redondo beach is a great place to go down and just do the bike paths. I could think you can probably do biking. Um, um, I think the, the bike paths are still closed. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I heard they were opening up at least some of the trails this weekend and the, the beaches this weekend. The, the hiking trails are, are open. The, the beaches are open, but the bike trails along the beach are not yet, I don't mm-hmm. think. They are allowing people to um, go to the beach. Parking lots at the beaches are still closed, uh, at least in Los Angeles County. Right, and uh, they were saying you can only do recreational. You can't just hang out at the beach. Or right, like- you have to be mobile, essentially. You have to keep moving. You can't just be stationary. No, no, just sitting around at the beach. That's crazy. That's super crazy. I literally, for the first time, drove near the beach near me, and I saw a lot of people out, and I was like, okay, I'm not quite sure what I'm seeing here, but it looked a little strange. There was a lot of people without masks and just kind of wandered around. So some people are getting by the law. Now, I know both of you may have some things that you need to take care of coming up right now. I'd like to continue this conversation another time. Would you guys be willing to come back and talk about where we are in the state of the state of America in the COVID world. Sure. sure. Great. Well, I just want to thank you for our conversation. We'll wrap that up for today for our COVID world. And to say to everyone, this has been the 34 Circe Salon. I'm Sean Marlon Newcomb. Our guests today have been Bernadette and George. We, they will be back to talk more about this in the future. Thanks. Right. Be safe. Thanks, Thanks, Sean. Nice to meet you, George. You too.